Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And lately on the show, we've talked much about spirit guides. Those in the unseen world who love and support us only see the good in us and want us to have our dreams fulfilled. They know everything about us, they love us more than we love ourselves, and they will do anything they can to help us in our life. Well, I actually have a person alive that's just like that. He's my good friend, he's my personal and business coach, and without him, I wouldn't be the person I am today, and you certainly would not be enjoying this radio show. His name is Elix Cintron. Elix has nearly two decades of proven success as an executive coach and is a nationally recognized authority on growth and leadership. He is as wise as he is caring. Just recently, he was featured in the Boston Globe newspaper for his outstanding work, and they wrote, his business is making others better. His website is performancecoachingbyelix.com. This wonderful man not only believes in life after death, he believes in life before death. Elix Cintron, my friend, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Wow. <laughs> I am moved and touched by that intro. Thank you. You're welcome. That's who you are to me. And to our listener, Elix and I talked a few days ago and I thought, why have I never had you on the show? You mean so much to I me. I know. You know, you've been the wind beneath my wings, literally. Um, you've seen, you've helped me see myself um, for who I am for the world. And with your loving coaching, there's this great radio show with all kinds of people being impacted and so much more. And I owe you just so much thanks. Well, you are very welcome. And to be honest with you, Sandra, the fact that you are living everything that you intend to have in life is the reward for what I do. It makes me so happy when I, when I see, when I, when I watch people stepping into that enormous gap for what's possible for themselves in their lives. And you said something really, really powerful, really, really valuable. I'm going to steal it from you, um, which is, uh, it's, and I'm going to paraphrase it, of course, but you talked about having an interest in life after death, but most importantly, being present and having an interest in life before death. Yes. And that's really what this is all about. Absolutely. And I know on the show, you've got some good reasons that you believe in the afterlife, which we'll get to. I but do. I think our, my, our listeners know me long enough that when we believe in the afterlife, it means, well, then who are we and what is our life for? And that really means taking a look at our dreams and fulfilling them and I am a living demonstration that dreams can become reality. And sometimes it takes someone who can see us as our full potential and who we say we are for the world. And you always treat me like that person. And honest to God, Elix, you are a soulmate because I can talk to you about anything. And um, 
you love and support me. So you are like a spirit guide on earth, which I think is very rare. So very pleased that I get to share with you, get, share you with everybody today. And I'm super pleased to be here and be able to share whatever I can share that would inspire others to step into that, into that gap as well. You know, and I, I think it's important, Sandra, you know, to, to let your listeners know that, um, that you don't need anything special because we all have that special something, that special talent. And uh, I really didn't do anything other than be your success partner, be your accountability partner. I'm a coach. So you come to me with the talent. You come to me with the skills. So I haven't done anything other than coach you to be that that you already are, stepping to be even better of whatever that, however you define that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's sweet, but you did a little more than that. Anyways, let's hear a little bit about your story. <laughs> Elix, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into this field, if you can weave in a story or two, why you believe in the afterlife, because I know you do. And for our listener, just know that when we're done with this episode, you'll get some tools that you can use right now in your life to um, yeah, get started on any dream that's been on the back burner or anything at all. So yeah, Elix, talk about you for a little while. So let's, uh, I think that the, the easiest way is to give you a little bit about my background, how I started, which is how we met. Uh, I started coaching in uh, the early 2000. Uh, my coaching career started as a leader for Landmark Education. Uh, when I led um, the Introduction Leaders Program, which is a premier program for Landmark, uh, coaching was uh, an important part of that program. And that's how I was introduced to being a coach. Uh, after I left Landmark, I continued to coach people under the uh, umbrella of being a corporate executive. I've been a corporate executive for years uh, in the healthcare field. Uh, I was a senior vice president of business development for uh, various large uh, national healthcare companies. And so when I left Landmark, I continued to coach uh, sometimes my bosses, sometimes the executives within the organization, uh, the people that reported to me, managers at any level, uh, C-suite, mid-level, you name it. And that's how I kept uh, my coaching purpose alive. Uh, So fast forward you about six years ago, uh, 2012. And uh, I had an aha moment because I was actually coaching one of my bosses at the time. And it just, it became clear to me that I needed to do this, not as an extension of something else, but as this is who I am. So I literally just looked at him and said, listen, if I gave you my notice and pursue coaching as my, my job, would you hire me as your client? And he just looked at me and, she, and he said, yes, I, I would. 
And he became my very first client. Um, and I've never looked back, Sandra. Uh, that's what I've done. Uh, that's, I formed my company back then. And, and that's what I've done since. So that's a little bit about professionally how I got to where I am today. Uh, on a personal level, and this is where I'm going to introduce the spirit world, uh, I've been happily married to an amazing man uh, who is an attorney by day and a fabulous medium at any other time. And, um, and I would be married, uh, together for 25 years. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary on April 8th of this uh, year, which is my birthday. And, uh, <laughs> it's your birth. We, every year we celebrate, we celebrate Sandra's birthday and our anniversary. Never forget that. Sorry to interrupt. So no, 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 not a problem. So anyway, so we met and, uh, he he found out, uh, or he discovered that he was a medium. I'm gonna say six six to eight years ago. I can't. I don't quite remember. But anyways, but he didn't know he was a medium, and uh, we went to a show to see a medium, and the medium uh, stopped and told them that he had, you know, psychic abilities, and he had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. But we went into a journey. He went into his own journey. But as a couple, as the partnership, I went into that journey with him. And in fact, I uh, shortly after that happened, I decided that I was going to help him. So I did a lot of research and I found this woman uh, that lived in Arizona and she does a mediumship training. And I contacted her and I got him a mediumship training home program. And, um, and then his abilities began to continue to improve. And, uh, and, and again, I went on the journey with him. So I started really tuning in to my own personal abilities. You know, what I called being intuitive, you know, I lived my whole life knowing uh, or, or calling myself somebody that had a huge um, level of or talent for being intuitive, for really kind of like knowing when something was good, not good, or when somebody had good intentions, not so good intentions. And I kind of always trusted that and, and, and follow that. As we, of course, you know, go into the journey and I'm, living this journey with Stephen, by the way, Stephen Masek, Stephen the Medium, um, I began to realize that a lot of that came from my own personal connection uh, with spirit. Um, so, so let me now bring you to part three of, you know, who I am. Um, I was an adopted child I learned that I was adopted later in my life at the age of 18. So I lived my entire life not knowing that I was adopted. Um, so I had no idea. And then I found out I was adopted and then my whole world turned upside down. And then I kind of had to rewind and learn about my childhood. And, um, 
And I had a birth mother who I didn't know and only got to meet her later in life. I had an adoptive mother who was the person who took me uh, as a three-month-old baby. And then I had a mother figure, an aunt, who was the person who, who really um, I grew up with. She's the person that really taught me everything I know about life. And she was my mother's mother, but she, she was somebody that I, I connected to as a mom. And she passed away. Actually, shortly, I met Stephen in 1993. She passed away in 1991, so Stephen never got to meet her. And her passing really broke my heart. I knew that he, that was one of the most significant moments in my entire life. I was heartbroken. Um, yet, I knew that the moment she passed, she was always with me. I had no idea at that time. I knew nothing about spirit, but I just knew that she was always with me. By the way, we were so connected, her and I, that I knew she, she, had, she had gotten sick. She had a heart attack. And I lived in Boston at the time. She lived in Puerto Rico. So I, I rushed to Puerto Rico to be with her. And she kind of got better while I was there, which is often what happens with our loved ones. Because when you have that connection, they don't want to put you through that pain, so they wait. And the very last day, Sandra, that I was scheduled to return back, she got sick. And I knew, I just knew that she was not going to make it. Yet there I was kneeling by her bedside. And she, I knew she, she refused to go to the hospital because she did not want me to see her suffer. So I just, I remember just looking at her eyes and just saying goodbye. I, I even, even when I think about that today, you know, like my heart, you know, I, I just feel my heart, um, the tears in my heart because that moment I'll never forget. And I just said goodbye. I gave her a kiss and I knew that was, that would be the last time I would physically see her. But our connection never stopped. It was just, it stopped being a physical connection, but it never stopped being a spiritual connection. And, um, you know, so for years, I knew I could talk to her. I knew she was there. I had experiences that I could never explain because, again, I knew not, I really didn't know anything about spirit in the afterlife. But I remember one experience where I almost got into a car accident. I was driving. And you have you ever had the experience when you're driving and you, you break short and then if there's somebody like on the drive, on the passenger side, you kind of put your hand to protect them? Yes. I, I was driving and I literally, I, I came, I had to break short because something happened. I don't remember exactly, but I literally, I felt a hand hold me from my whole body hitting the windshield. 
And I just knew, I'm like, oh my God, I know it's you. I know you're guiding and protecting me. But that was as far, that was as, far as the connection went. And then, of course, when Stephen and I meet, later in years after he developed his, um, his uh, mediumship abilities, um, he was able to confirm that she's actually my guardian angel. She never leaves. She lives in our home. She has a permanent room in our house, and she's always there. And now more than ever, I am so present to her presence. And it's one of the most extraordinary, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary experience, but it's an extra, more than that, it's just an extraordinary way of living life, knowing that somebody like that, although she's no longer physically here with me, Spiritually, she's just there, right next to me, guiding me, protecting me, advising me, uh, day in, day out. That's beautiful. What do you? And call by the her? way, the, what's her name? So I, I'm glad that you asked me that question. It's interesting, Sandra. It it's, it speaks to your own personal connection because anyone would assume that her name is my aunt, right? So just, I just call her auntie. No, I don't call her that. I actually have a special name. I always did. My whole life, I was the only one that called her Taiti. T-A-Y, or T-A-I-T-Y, excuse me, Taiti. That was my nickname. I, I'm the only person that would call her that name. And that was always my special name for her. And that special connection that we that we had, and uh, in, in in now every day, every day I talk to her every day. I don't start my day without saying thank you for being here with me. Thank you for guiding me. Thank you for protecting me. And I go, I get out of bed with that, and I go to bed with that. Alex, that's beautiful. Do you remember what it was like when Stephen first? Acknowledge that she was with you. You must have been so happy. Well, it was it was just beautiful because Stephen didn't meet her, so he had no reference. Which is you the know, best. The best. Which is the best, right? Yeah. So validation. he didn't know what she looked. He didn't know what she looked like. He, you know, I don't even. Know, I mean, I think he knew that I grew up uh, with her. And that she was special, but that was really as far as, as he got. And then one day, again, he's developing his abilities. This is early on. And he just said to me, you, you, you have, there's a woman here. And the way he described her uh, was like exactly the way she was. And um, so the, when I heard that, I felt... I don't even know how to describe it, but it's that feeling of just joy. Like, oh, wow, she is here with me. That's her. I knew it. And now, of course, today, Stephen and her have this relationship, you know, because he sees her all the time. They talk all the time. You know, I don't have that ability uh, to see her, but I do have the ability to talk to her. I don't hear her, but I feel her. 
Uh, and that's good enough for me. Alex, it's so wonderful because I often feel if I could bring all of our my listeners, our listeners with me on my adventures to experience the things I experience, um, you, you'd have no doubt, no one would have any doubt of the afterlife. And for you, living with a man, going with him to all of his public appearances, probably being moved to tears when he's reconnecting loved ones, it keeps it alive. And am I mm-hmm. right? Am I right in assuming with you, you live a different kind of life, really embracing the reality of the afterlife? Is that fair to say? It's it's very fair to say. And Ian Sandra, I would even say that because I am I embrace spirit fully, it makes me a better coach. It makes me connect better with my clients. And at times, it even helps me help them connect better with spirit. Because, you know, they know Stephen is my husband. They know who he is. They often ask about him. They ask questions out of curiosity. So anytime uh, there's an opening to have a conversation, I, I, I walk through it. Because let me tell you, and you know, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even think I have to tell you because you've experienced this yourself. But in my experience, the clients that are open and connected to spirit do far greater things in their coaching than the ones that are not. Because somehow they're able to step into a different dimension and be willing to do what most people are not willing to, to do. So, so yeah, I'm, I love, love, love this new life that I am so privileged to be part of because I have Steven as, as my, my partner, my guy. Mm-hmm. And I love having you. And Stephen. And if anybody's interested, I did interview Stephen way, way, way back on episode 1515, Stephen Masick. It's a great conversation. Uh, and he inter- you introduced us, so that was great. And who would have thought? Years later, here we are. But I know, Elix, to be able to talk freely with you about not just my life, personal and professional, but this you know, these things that I'm experiencing, these adventures that I go on, sometimes I just need to bounce things off somebody. Did this really happen? You know, and to have you in my life that I can do that with when, um, you know, let's face it, a lot of people, I know I've heard from my listeners and myself included, we don't have people that we see on a day-to-day basis that we can talk like this about, you know, Mm -hmm. we can't talk about these subjects. And it's so freeing to have a person that totally gets me. Um, it's awesome. It's just, it's great. And yeah. Yeah. And I am, you know, when I created that introduction about you, I just took a few minutes to really let it hit home where I would probably be without you in my life and where I am with you. So 
to say you're a spirit guide on earth is the truth. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm grateful, you know, that, that you've given me the opportunity because at the end of the day, um, I'm very committed. That's, this is my purpose. This is my life. The moment I chose to be that person who creates an opening so that others can be the very best version of themselves, um, I was fully committed to living every part of my life um, as that being my purpose. Having said that, I, I can't do that unless people like you are open to walk into that journey or to create that space, that journey mm-hmm. uh, for, or for themselves, that is. So, yeah, I'm very grateful that, that you've given me the opportunity, that you're open, that you are willing to do the work because, you know, for, for those who are listening, uh, I, I'm all of that. I, I am for you. I am that person that will listen. I have no judgment. Uh, I listen newly. I listen like um, you're, you are a part of me. I'm committed. I'm for you. All of that. And my job is to, to create that opening so that you keep moving further so that you can embrace the fear, embrace the uncomfortable um, and get comfortable with the uncomfortable so that you can discover things that you never would have discovered otherwise. I mean, look at, again, look at where you are. I remember Sandra, we, I think you and I, we've known each other for a while, but we started working together what, three years ago, I believe? Three or four. It's been and a while. Yeah. Three or four. And this radio show was an idea, a hope, oh, no. a dream. You know, I, and I remember like it was yesterday when you said, oh my God, do you think? You think I could do that? And then all of a sudden you stepped into it and look at what you do today and the difference that you're making in all of those thousands of people who tune in to listen to Sandra Champlain. Elix, one, one of the things you had me do was to create a vision. And what I would like yes. to do, if okay with you and our listener, sure. is read it. Because yes. for, for two reasons. One, I think it's cool. <laughs> and, and the person who wrote it, only had a dream of being this person. And I think you'll hear everybody that I'm, I'm moving into this or I've moved into this, but this is not the person four years ago. And also for you, the listener, uh, creating a vision was one of the very first things Elix had me do. Do you want to just talk about the vision just for a little bit, Elix, about why we create a vision for ourselves? Yes. Yeah, so, so the vision is part of, it's, it's part of, you know, a methodology that I've created, I've worked on, I've developed over the last, you know, uh, nearly 20 years. Uh, and the methodology, I call it grip, like get a grip on life. Um, it stands for just so that people 
tuning in can remember greatness requires intention and purpose. So greatness requires intention and purpose. That's what GRIP stands for. And GRIP has, it's, 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 it's a methodology that has four phases. And all four are as important. There's no absolutes and there's, it's not a linear process necessarily, although it, it may occur to most people as a linear process, but it, it's not. And you know from experience that it's not because we, we go, you know, we go back and forth and we can jump different phases of grip. The, I also, because I, I want people to have a, a, a thorough understanding I, I've been blessed to have many people who have been mentors for me and uh, people who have taken me under their wing. And one of these individuals is Judith Glaser, who is the person that created the conversational intelligence uh, methodology, uh, also called CIQ. So she helped me. Conversational intelligence is about the neuroscience behind fear and trust and how we can use that to architect conversations that, that really make a difference. Uh, first, the conversations that we have with ourselves and the conversations that naturally we have with others. So I integrate both grip in conversational intelligence into my own methodology. So now, as answering your question, the first step is to define what your goal, your goals are. And the only way to define that is by being clear as to what your vision is. So I, again, for anyone who's listening, you can, you can go along and you can even begin to practice for yourself how to create a vision for yourself. It's a very simple process. What I ask my clients is, listen, if I gave you a magic wand, what would life look like in five, 10 years? That's how you start. You know, so just jot down whatever comes to mind. And you may, you may have this fight, again, because your brain is going to start fighting you and saying, hey, no, that, you cannot possibly do that. Don't be silly. That's out of reach for you. You don't have the talent. That's unrealistic. So you got to really dance, allow the brain to go through that and say, hey, listen, thank you for sharing, but not today. And write them anyways. So that's how, that's how you start. Now, a vision, I define it as a statement. That's an invention. You inventing what it is your future looks like. So there's no rules, there's no right, there's no wrong. It's just whatever you say you want that future to look like. You know, I, I often quote Will Smith because I love this quote that, you know, I, I heard it from him. I don't know if he's the original creator. Being realistic is the most commonly traveled road to mediocrity. And I often remind people because when they're writing when they study the process of writing a vision, they get all hung up on, but it's not realistic. Is it realistic? Should I be realistic? And I tell people, forget about it. Being realistic is the most commonly traveled road to mediocrity. You do not need to be concerned with that. 
just write down what it is. If I gave you a magic wand, what would you want? What would life look like? Be willing to write it anyways. It's for you. It's an invention. So people, once they let go of the constraint that holds them back, they start writing. And then they write. And then they write. And then they bring it back to me. And then I'll say, okay, now I want you to change all of the things that you write, that you wrote, and write, because people have a tendency to write, I want, I hope, I wish, right? I would like, and I say, eliminate all of that and write it again as if all of that exists right now. All of it, as if it's real right now. And then something magical happens. Then begin, they begin to write it that way. And then they, I ask them to tell me, to read it to me out loud. And they begin to hear what they're saying because it goes from I wish or I hope for something to I am. I am this. I have this. And there's, there's a really, there's a shift in power. And I often say, listen, words create worlds, right? In fact, I believe I'm, I'm stealing that from Judith, but wor words create worlds. What you speak into the universe is what you get. So this is your opportunity to speak something magnificent into the universe. Because if you, I promise you, if you step into that, the universe delivers because the universe wants, and the universe, by the way, I use the universe, but in reality, spirit is the universe, right? They want to provide for us. They're, they're going to give us anything, but we need, to, we need to speak it. We need to create it. We need to, we need to do the work. And then everything will come to us. And so that's why that vision exercise is so important. And at first, people may say, oh my God, every time I read it, I get the, the butterflies, I get nervous, I don't know. But then eventually, they, they begin to own every single part of that vision. And then somehow, Sandra, and you know any, better than anyone else, somehow, some way, that vision, it's no longer a someday, but it's a now thing. And you begin to realize, oh my God, I cannot believe that when I spoke this, it was only a wish. And now I have all of it. So by the way, my clients, they, are, they, get, they, they end up, vision is not an absolute because you're going to find yourself fulfilling in so many things that at some point you thought were not possible, that somehow then there's an opportunity to, to create a new gap, to keep expanding and keep changing your vision so that you keep moving yourself forward. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. And having it, well, I'm holding it in my hand because um, I had sent it to my friend, Karen Swain, and she actually published my vision in a book <laughs> to help empower other people to also have visions. There's a book called Awakened yeah. by Death, 
by Karen Swain and Cyrus Kirkpatrick. And they asked me for my story. And I thought, I totally buy into these ideas of our words creating our worlds, because I'm a living demonstration of that. And what I like too, Elix, is not just that you had me create it, but you actually, from the very beginning, spoke to me on all of our coaching calls as if I was already that person. Correct. Yeah. So I know. Your your vision, yeah, your vision is not a someday somehow. No, no. The moment you write that document, that's who you are right now. It's like a caterpillar. A caterpillar may not look like a butterfly. It transforms into a butterfly, but it's the same being. It just checks the outer layers. So what I, what I remind people, my clients, and anyone around me, anyone who's willing to take on doing the vision is, listen, you are that caterpillar. You may, not, you may not look like that butterfly that you envision, but you are it. So let's, let's relate to you as that. And the, the layers, you'll, you'll shed those outer layers eventually. But that just because you haven't shed them doesn't make you not right. that butterfly that hides within. And it's every human being's, it's available to every human being. Part of each one of us being here is that transformation into a butterfly. I think that's part of our life's journey. And I had talked to a heart surgeon once, Elix, who said before people take that general anesthesia they pray very often for the first time, but they look back on their life and there is Mm. a ton of regrets and there's a ton of things that are unsaid. And I can't help but think, but getting in touch with our vision and our dream, even though it might seem far-fetched, I know when that final day comes that I take my last breath here on earth, before I close my eyes here and opening them up into the unseen world that I sure there'll be things that I still could have done or could have said, but for the most part that I really went for it. Like I say, I got my money's worth out of this life. <laughs> yeah. 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 So let me, I was going to say, let me read this. And then yeah. for the listener, you, my special friend who's listening right now, even though this is my vision statement, I give you full right to steal any of it. (laughs) Okay. What's mine is yours. So this is Sandra's vision statement. I am perfect just the way I am. I've been created in God's image. Everything that I might feel is a struggle or imperfection is actually a gift to me. All humans are perfect experiencing their own opportunities for growth as I am experiencing mine. One of the opportunities I picked is to learn to love myself exactly as I am. Times that I believe to be tough are the times that I receive the greatest growth for my soul. Every experience I have becomes a gift that I can share with my fellow human being so that they may have a better life. Daily, I am gaining mastery how to be kind and loving to myself and others, no matter what the circumstances. I love my life, and I know that I am responsible for my happiness. Everything in my life is here because I requested it, 
because there is good that comes from it. Every situation, every relationship is a learning experience to me and others. I have learned to see the gift in everything, whereas in the past, I may have made things wrong. I appreciate all that I have and all that I do. I stay in the present moment and fully experience my life through the five senses and my emotions. The work I do is in perfect harmony for what I'm up to in the world. Every person I come in contact with makes a difference for me or I make a difference for them. I am grateful for all the relationships I have. I love and appreciate all the people in my life and they love and appreciate me. I surround myself with powerful, positive, and fun people. We nurture each other, stand for each other's greatness, and empower each other to succeed. Love, respect, and joy are present in every relationship. I am okay with the unknown. I can live happily and in peace, even in times of uncertainty. Although I may not understand how the events in my life are going to turn out, I trust that everything is for my own benefit. I trust God and the universe that my life is unfolding exactly the way it is meant to be. Fear exists in my life as a challenge and a game. I realize that fear is normal and that I can never, ever really get hurt. I live by my motto that we don't die, and as real as fear may seem, I know that it is only an illusion. I take daily steps through my fears and know that on the other side of fear lies lies a miraculous, abundant, fun-filled life. I love and appreciate my body and mind. I treat my body with love and respect, giving it the whole natural foods it craves to keep it strong and healthy. Sunlight, fresh air, being outside in nature are as necessary to me as they are for all life on earth. I enjoy exercising my body regularly and love the feeling of a strong heart, strong lungs, and strong muscles. When my body feels strong, my mind feels strong. I exercise my mind regularly. I enjoy reading and learning and playing games that keep my mind sharp. I know that my mind is a tool, and I consciously create my thoughts. I don't allow myself to listen to negative self-talk. I know that they are automatic thoughts that I do not have to listen to. Like changing a station on the radio, I can easily change my self-talk to a positive station or turn off the radio and have a quiet mind allowing me to receive creativity and inspiration. I purposely turn my channel to gratitude and empowering thoughts that lead me to taking powerful actions which give me fabulous results. I have true purpose. My life is for me to learn, to grow, to love, to forgive, to experience, and to share all of that with my fellow traveler. My challenges and obstacles sometimes lead to success and sometimes lead to lessons of self-forgiveness, self-love, and self-acceptance. I have the privilege of sharing my journey with others. I inspire other people to go after their dreams because I go after mine. I inspire people to be courageous because I am courageous. I inspire others to love and believe in themselves because I love and believe in myself. I inspire others to live knowing that life is an education for the soul, because I believe life is an education for the soul. My true satisfaction comes when I can help or inspire another. I'm excited in the morning of each day, knowing it will bring great things. I go to sleep every night, feeling love for myself 
and so grateful for the difference I get to make. That's it. It's fabulous. It's it's so I, I know that anyone who's listening is as inspired as as I am listening, and I've listened to your vision many times, and and this is probably. You know, your how many times have you um, re-edited your vision? Probably quite a few since we started working together. And to really get that that person who wrote that wasn't feeling any self-love, wasn't thinking I could make a difference, didn't believe in yeah. half the things I thought I, you know, that I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> And here and, I am. And, and, uh, and, and here you are. And, and you speak, you know, there's a couple of things I, I want to point out. Number one is the only way, and this goes for anyone, but I, I speak to this with anyone that I work with. The only way that you could inspire anyone, whether it's a husband, a wife, a child, a colleague, a, a, a coworker, your boss, the only way that you can inspire anyone to be the very best version of themselves, however, however you define that, right, is by you being the very best version of yourself. When you're being the, be- the very best version of yourself, that's all that is required to create that opening so those around you can be inspired to step into that gap. So if anyone walks away with anything today, let it be that, that that's what it takes. Otherwise, you're gonna come across as inauthentic, as a foe, fake. Have you ever had that experience where you know, you, you're speaking to someone and they're telling you the right things but something is not quite connecting for you. What that is, is whatever that, that's, that's, a, that's a integ- what I call an integrity gap, not a moral integrity, but uh, you know, where the vision is not aligned with your actions. So, so again, this having a vision is what creates that opening. The moment you have that document, there's no going back. You either, you either be that document and honor your word or you do something else. I don't, honestly, I tell people I'm committed. I'm not attached. I'm committed, but I'm not attached. If you want to do something else, go ahead and knock yourself out. Suffering is optional. You don't have to. I don't recommend it. But if you want to, go ahead. But if you want a life that's extraordinary, like you said at the very beginning, if you want to be that person that's really connecting to life while here on this earth, that vision is one tool that can help you make that real right now. The other thing that you talked about earlier, you talked about, you know, regrets and, you know, having regrets and having resentments. And oftentimes, sadly, you know, it takes a loss 
a personal loss to to come to terms with our regrets and our resentments. You know, and, and I, 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 I want people to know, grip, second part is, you know, being clear about what you resent, what you regret, you know, what you resist, so that you can deal with those things right now. There's no putting that on hold. Resentment is one ugly poison that you think, we think that we're giving it to somebody else, but no, in fact, we're doing, we're taking it at ourselves. So I don't recommend that. And, and that's, it's, you know, I invite people to really deal with whatever it is that you're resisting. Resisting creates regrets, regrets that are not handled, create resentment and resentment is a very poison drug that it will it will derail anything, even the best, even when you have the best of intentions. Does that make sense, Sandra? Yes, I remember somebody once said, "Resentment is like taking rat poison, but waiting for the other person to die." Correct. It's us that gets eaten up inside. Yeah, correct. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, listen, uh, a goal without action is just a dream. It's an illusion. So you got to get in action. If you're listening and you're starting to get a sense of, I have this vision, this is what I, you know, I want, this is what I'm committed to, this is what gets in my way you got to then come up with a plan because at the end of the day, you got to plan the work and work the plan. Otherwise nothing happens. We talked about motion versus action. Motion is great, but motion alone is not action and does not produce results. So you got to really be willing to get in action so that you can then begin to have what you thought you didn't think was possible. Excellent. Elix, will you talk about integrity with a capital I and how that pertains yes. to our human journey? Because I think it's well, something that's been important for me and powerful. Absolutely. So again, part of the grip integrity is that I on grip. And it's not when I, one of the first thing is I, I want people to know that this is nothing to do with moral integrity. We're not here to judge anyone. I would be the last person that would be wanting to judge anyone or anything. Integrity in this context is about foundational integrity, like almost like from an engineering perspective. So imagine when you're imagine this, this, this metaphor, if you will. So a vision is like building your future. It's a structure of sorts. So when you're building anything, the most important part of any structure is that foundation. So if your foundation is compromised, if there's holes in it, whatever you build, it's not going to withstand. Now, that doesn't mean that you cannot build. There's plenty of buildings that have been built on compromised foundations and they still look good. 
They just don't withstand. At some point, they come apart. They fall. And that's what happens to many of us. We try to build these visions, our futures, on foundations that are compromised. So what does that mean? You know, if you, if for listeners that are people that are listening, you know, how would I know if my foundation is compromised? So very easy. Ask yourself, what, what are you resisting? What are you not doing? What are you procrastinating on? What have you promised to do that you haven't done? Yet you gave your word to somebody that you would do. That phone call, that email that you haven't responded to. That project that you've been procrastinating for a long time. Those are things that when not handled, create integrity holes in our foundation. So I tell people, my clients, you, you have firsthand experience. When somebody comes to me and says, oh my God, I've had the worst week or I'm upset, something happened, I got derailed, I got hijacked, I always, my first question is, where is your foundation compromised? Let's talk about that. Where is integrity missing? Again, not moral. We're not looking for moral anything. But I'm looking for you to look to see where integrity is missing. And sure enough, there is always, well, I had an argument with my husband and, you know, I, you know, I went to bed and haven't resolved it. That's an integrity issue because you haven't resolved something that you know you need to resolve. When somebody has a vision statement and they, when they've created that vision statement, that actually makes it even easier to identify the integrity gaps because, again, like I said earlier, either your actions are aligned with your vision or they're not. If they are, great. If they're not, there's an integrity gap somewhere. And you got to find out where that gap is and address it. Now, that doesn't mean it's fun and easy. Well, nobody said it is. You know, I, I often, I tell people, listen, coaching, I relate it to the sports. I wrote an article, I put it on LinkedIn about, you know, re, coaching. I relate coaching to like baseball. You know, it's, it's like baseball. In order to win, you got to play, you got to swing. That's what it takes to win. Now, swinging at the ball doesn't guarantee a win. Not swinging guarantees a winless game. Swinging also requires that you get comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's not comfortable standing in front of a ball that's coming at you at 100 miles plus an hour. But it's the only way that you have a chance of hitting the ball and earning a run. Sometimes even a, a grand slam. But in life, we operate. I'm, Sandra, I promise you, there's many people who think they're playing the game, but they're on the bench somewhere, hoping that somehow, some way, they're going to win at their own game, but they're not playing. Guess what? It's not going to happen. And that is what I would define as an integrity gap. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. I just thought of two things. I'm thinking of a, a garden hose with water and you turn it on and you get a full pressure, you know, 
water's moving fast, clear hose, water's moving. And then I was thinking of every little bit of integrity that's out, all these things left undone or unfinished or, you know, and you don't have to do everything you said you were going to do, but you have to own up to it. Either say, you know, call this complete, have a conversation, like this isn't going to happen, whatever that is for you. But I imagine this hose filled with rocks and how easily does the water move through? Not easily. You just get a trickle. But then once you start pulling out these little pebbles of these different integrity things, I know for myself, not only do I feel free and I don't wake up every morning with all this, oh, I haven't done this yet. Oh, I still haven't called this person. But I feel more powerful. And like I can and just imagine that free, powerful flow of water going through the hose. We're much more powerful as, as human beings. And um, just like our vision calls into reality and really does uh, who we want to be, it really does create that. I know integrity gives us power. And with power, you know, all things are possible. Yeah. And let, let me, let me, let me give you one example. And that actually, it, it, this is going to bring it back into the spirit realm where, you know, integrity made a big difference in my life. Uh, one of the other losses that I had in my life that was significant was the loss of my father. He died six years ago and he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma in November uh, of 2000. 12 and shortly he died in June. So it was very fast. Okay. And I did not grow up having the best relationship with my dad for many reasons, none of them important right now, but I knew, I knew that he was going to die. And I knew that it was really important for both him and for me to forgive. And so I, and if not, if, if I did not allow for that, that would have been a huge integrity issue for me. I knew that. Because, you know, how could I be this great coach committed that people be this extraordinary yet in my own personal life, I'm not even willing to forgive my dad and to love him and to have him die in peace. Right. That would be pretty inauthentic. Right. So I went, I went to Puerto Rico. I made a commitment, by the way, I made a commitment that I was going to give up my righteousness about how wrong he was as a dad. And I did. I just gave it up. And so I went to Puerto Rico and I knew again, I knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to die. And my commitment was to just tell him I loved him. And Sandra, I went to Puerto Rico. Stephen went with me because I committed to being with him for every single part of his treatment. And I went to him and he looked at me and he started sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. Not a word would come out of his mouth because he was crying that 
with that kind of emotion. And I knew that in that moment, I just needed to hold him, to give him a hug, and to tell him, it's okay, Dad. I love you, and I forgive you. So I whispered that in his ear. And I know, Sandra, listen, that happened early on in his diagnosis. I guess I went back to Puerto Rico back and forth. I spent Father's Day with him, Father's Day 2012, June. Two days later, I left the day after Father's Day, the day after he died. And I knew when I left Puerto Rico, just like it had happened with my aunt, I knew that would be my last goodbye to him. But I'm going to tell you one thing, Sandra. When he died, I was so complete. There was no regrets. There was nothing that I was incomplete about because I knew that it was important that I put integrity in my relationship with him. And I tell you, I go back and I, I lived every second, every moment with him as if he was my last. And I go back and I think about those moments. I think about my last day with him. And I say, thank you, Jesus, for creating this opportunity for me. That is an example of how integrity can create an opening or not. Yeah. Elix, if someone listening right now did not say those words before someone passed, what would you say to them? Can they still get Tell them now. Absolutely. Tell them now because they're listening. And when they pass, something magical happens. They no longer hold on to any earthy things. Like grudges? So <laughs> resentment? No, like grudges, resentment. They don't, they no longer, I mean, they did wrong. They know that. If they get an opportunity to review life and to make amends. So tech, talk to them. If you don't want to talk to them, write them. That's okay. However, it's okay. however you feel it would be fully complete for you. It can be done. That and you will and you will know. By the way, you will know the moment integrity is restored. Is restored. It's like that Zach that's filled with rocks that you've been carrying on your back. It's taken away from you. You feel that sense of relief. Like literally a thousand pounds lighter. It's true. It's true. And then the velocity that we move forward towards our dreams and the power we have and just the overall feeling of joy without anything burnt, you know, holding us down. And it's a daily thing. I mean, every day we look at integrity and something new pops up. And I think that's just as it is being human. Uh, Elix, I'm looking at the time and our hour has gone by fast. We're even a few minutes over. Um, but if it's all right with you, I would love to have you just tell um, people how they get in touch with you and that offer of the 30 minute breakthrough session. Yes. So 
anyone can go to my website. That's the, the perhaps the best way to connect with me. Uh, com. I'm also on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn and you want to connect with me, please uh, do that. I'm also, I also have a Facebook page, Performance Coaching by Elex, which I would be delighted to have you uh, connect with me on that page. Uh, like my page. Uh, on my website, there, there's, there's, uh, there's a couple of offerings. One of them is, is, a, is a free offering. Uh, it's a 30-minute breakthrough session. So if anyone wants to have 30 minutes, a 30-minute conversation with me, that's available to anyone. And you can go through my website. You can submit the request, and then uh, we'll coordinate a time to have 30 minutes. In the 30 minutes, it's, it's, there's no requirement. There's no expectation that you would sign up for coaching after that. There's no... You don't need to feel the pressure of anything like that. That's really a commitment to provide people with an opportunity to have a breakthrough in whatever area they, they want to have a breakthrough. Um, and that's what it is. And if somebody wants to work with me, uh, then we can talk about what that looks like, um, you know, to work with me uh, on an individual, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Uh, I also have an offering for a six. It's it's a it's a it's an advanced uh, six session program uh, designed for entrepreneurs. So if anyone listening is really struggling with a business plan or looking to you know reach the plateau in in, in pursuing their own business and they want help. Uh, that's one of the things I love most is working with entrepreneurs, getting them to, you know, pursue, produce results beyond the imaginable and getting them to produce a result, to move to the next level in their business. Uh, so, again, go to my website and uh, you'll have access to anything and everything. And even the website alone has plenty of resources uh, that people are welcome to. And you're fluent in both English and Spanish. I am. I am. And I'm, I'm, I'm most, of, most of my coaching sessions are uh, done through Zoom video conference. So you get to actually see me live. And uh, it's like being having coffee together. We just do it virtually. Oh, that's great. And we talk on the phone, you and I, because that's what works best for me. Uh, so there's multiple ways. And I know we've all heard this before, Elix, but when we think of somebody in the Olympics, there's never anybody who makes it that far on their own. There's always a coach. And not that every human being needs to have a coach, but if it's such a help to have somebody see us for our best. And like I said in the beginning, you really know me. You love me. I think you do. I know you do. Um, but you see, I know. you of see me I do. for who I am and you're not that tough love kind of coach. You're the, you know, the love, the gentle commitment, and <laughs> you don't let me escape if there's something I say I want, you know? <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah. And, but I'm happy There's always more, but I was not, 
the woman I am today reading that uh, vision, like that, that way of life was only a dream to me. And now it's become reality. I got to remind myself sometimes about the fears and things, but that's the bonus of having the vision. So I recommend for anybody listening, Elix is true. He's not a hard sell. It's not, here's your 30 minute coaching call, but then I'm going to hit you up for five year contract. Nothing like that. He genuinely is out to help each human being he comes in uh, contact with have a better life and have a breakthrough. And I personally believe he's a phenomenal coach. So if you have dreams you want to fulfill, I totally recommend signing up with Elix. So Elix, my friend, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me, Sandra. Um, It's a privilege. Thanks. And I love that I got to share you. It was a man so dear to me with the listeners who are so dear to me. And for our listener, thank you for being here today. Just a couple of quick reminders. Our home base is wedontdieradio.com, where there's 267 episodes now. <laughs> Lots of hours to help you believe in the afterlife and, more importantly, help, help you live a great life. Now you can get a free read of my book, We Don't Die. I've got a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief, a PDF file, Sandra's 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife, and more. In September, I'll be speaking at the Afterlife Symposium in Scottsdale, Arizona. Go to afterlifesymposium.org to find out more on that. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on Earth is important. And like Elix said today in this conversation, a goal without action is just a dream. So I invite all of us to take one step forward in a dream that we have. And just one simple step uh, can make it a reality. Keep moving forward. Keep taking that action. All right. So thank you for listening. And we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.